Hi everyone, you are now listening to our podcast for a while. We are just two Filipina 30-somethings now currently based elsewhere in the world trying to find our way and figuring out what that means for us. Our podcast is where we take a little break to regroup, share what we've learned, and find new ways to move forward. I'm Kirsty, And I'm Andrea. And if you hear something that resonates, we'd love for you to let us know. Let's talk about misconceptions that we were taught in school that as we've grown, we realized, oh, that's not right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that our teachers have taught us and we're just like, no, that's not right. And I've listed a few things, <laughs> but a lot of the ones I've listed are very almost random facts about mm-hmm. stuff. But one of the things is when you're taught or like you learn when you're younger that camels store water in their humps oh so that's not true no it's fat oh right so camels i think there's some some camels that have like one hump on their back some have two yeah but no it's not water that's stored there it's literally just lumps of fat which is an energy source for these camels when they're in the middle of the desert and you have no source of food so they've got their fatty humps (laughs) as a fat source as an energy source. And that makes sense because I think these days we realize even as human beings we're a lot more resilient. There was this saying before and I don't know if you've come across that where a human dies after four days without water. Mm. But that's not actually true. Fat can be broken down into water actually. Well, at least for the human body. Mm. So wow, I didn't actually... What else did you... Oh, um, another thing that I was thinking of was this isn't actually really something we we learned in school. But Mm. you know, when you were younger, and I guess it's like, you know, your aunt or whatever, maybe your older cousin says to you Mm. and you're eating fruit and they say, hey, don't swallow the seeds or else it'll grow in your tummy. And I remember... In particular, when I was younger, I would be scared to swallow watermelon seeds because I thought the watermelon would grow in my tummy. <laughs> or, but pumpkin seeds are a thing. Yeah, because people right? eat that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the one. Or sunflower seeds. Yeah, 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 exactly. One thing that I would be really worried about swallowing was mm. lanzana seeds. Why? What is it about lanzana seeds in particular? I don't know. I think it's just because they're so obviously seeds. Like they're quite large seeds. Uh Um, And I'd be like, oh no, a lanzana is going to grow in my tummy. I shouldn't swallow this. Which you probably shouldn't anyway because it's quite a large seed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the things that I thought about. I think pakwan seeds or watermelon seeds, I think they're even edible, right? Yeah, I think the same as sunflower seeds. There are people who just eat the seeds themselves like it's a snack. Yeah. I'm pretty sure at one time in my life, I've eaten watermelon seeds because I'm, I was too lazy to spit them out. Oh, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Yeah. In relation to that, don't swallow the seeds because they can grow in your stomach. Actually, recently, something in the news came out where a guy had cyanide poisoning from swallowing the cherry pits. And I was like, oh. What? Yeah, from swallowing cherry pits. Slightly worrying. My drink that I'm drinking at the moment has frozen cherries in it. <laughs> With seeds? No, there's no seeds. I think okay. it's pitted. It's, it's been pitted already. Like, it's frozen. It comes in a bag. It's frozen. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't realize that you were a cherry person. 
Well, not really, but I was, you know, my breakfast shake. I wanted mm-hmm. to add some more fruit and I would on and off try banana, but it didn't taste quite how I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. The banana taste is really, really strong. So, oh yeah, I was just in the supermarket and I saw that they had frozen cherries. So I bought some, I tried it and it mm-hmm. turns out really, really nice. It makes your drink a little thicker, which I actually like. And then I feel like it makes me fuller. And I think it might oh. just be the fiber in the cherries that is doing that. I could actually eat a whole bag nonstop. I love fresh cherries, but I can't stand cherry flavor anything. Oh, interesting. So I was surprised to find out how much I enjoyed the actual fruit. Hmm. I kind of feel sort of the same way about strawberry. I don't like strawberry flavored stuff. Oh, I like strawberry flavored stuff. And I like the fruit too, but the fruit isn't as sweet as... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never tasted a sweet strawberry. Hmm. Or maybe I have. I don't know. I feel the opposite about strawberries. That's interesting. I don't particularly like strawberries either. I th- I feel like strawberries make my tongue itchy. Eggplant makes my tongue itchy and pineapple. Ah, uh, pineapple. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still tap that. Yeah, yeah. I'd still tap that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way because now I remember Adam Sandler's movie where he goes to hell or he's the son of the devil and one of the punishments is they shove a pineapple up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would tap that, but not in that way. Mm. I remember chewing gum. You're not allowed to swallow chewing gum because it would, yeah, it would stick in your belly yeah and speaking of seeds i was again this is a high school story i think i was a senior in high school Mm -hmm. and my chemistry teacher said oh don't eat tomato seeds because they'll give you appendicitis but even i already knew that chemistry teacher yes I mean, I survived with that <laughs> level of education, so I guess. <laughs> Ooh, that's a bit savage, huh? <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, that's a common. I've never heard that before. It, it uh, the appendicitis one was like after you eat, you shouldn't go running around. You should stay put, otherwise you'll get appendicitis. Which isn't true. That's also not true. I think they yeah. were just talking about stomach cramps. Yeah, I think that's just like when you get a stitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that yeah, don't weird. eat seeds. I think she meant because the stomach doesn't digest seeds, it can get stuck in your appendix, which can cause an inflammation because it can't be... It's interesting how we feel that the human body has so many limitations, but also when it heals, the capacity for it to heal, it's pretty amazing, the medical miracles we hear about. But yeah, don't eat. So I was looking into that. That was an old belief. And I feel like when we had access to the internet, not everybody has caught up. Yeah. Because we grew up with the internet, basically, right? So I really think it's just people didn't have the access to the internet that we did at the time that we do now yeah and i feel this especially when i travel because growing up i would always hear about oh yeah filipino hospitality is amazing it's the best in the world and when i go to a place that has really exceptional hospitality like japan 
or even Thailand. I always think about that sentence and I'm like, hmm, those people haven't gotten around much. <laughs> and I don't know if you've heard of that. Like Filipino hospitality is the best. I don't think I've exactly heard it phrased that way, but I've definitely heard that, you know, Filipinos are very welcoming and they're very friendly. And I do think that's generally true. And I think that if you're a foreigner, I think Filipinos are very inviting and very friendly and very like they'll talk to you and be like, hey, where are you from? Try my food. You know, like Filipinos are very much like, hey, come have some food. Enjoy. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, very inviting like that. I think Filipinos are hospitable. Bull. But it's not necessarily superlative. Yeah. But then okay. I I don't know. I think that perhaps compared to, for instance, the West, mm -hmm. then Filipinos for sure are much more inviting, right? Very like obviously like a lot warmer. And maybe that's the reason for that misconception. It's because our frame of reference is always in reference to the West. Mm. Maybe. Mm. What other misconceptions have you learned about? Oh, so also that bats aren't blind. You researched a lot. Why? <laughs> I'm shooting from memory here. No, that's fine. I was just thinking of random stuff like, hey, bats, bats aren't blind. Because, you know, they tell you bats are blind. They navigate with their sonar. Basically sonar, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But they aren't blind in apparently many cases they actually have much better eyesight than us humans and a lot of other animals but i think their range especially when it comes to colors is different and they don't necessarily see all the colors of the rainbow that we do they are not blind and in a lot of cases they will prefer to hunt by sight rather than using all their other skills mm. like sonar so yeah things like that I think there's a lot of like sciencey things that we were taught that may not necessarily be true. Like, you know how we were taught that there are particular parts of your tongue where you would taste salt oh, and yeah. bitter that's and sweet. True. That's not true. Mm. It's spread out all over your tongue. Otherwise, you could literally just put things on different parts of your tongue and you wouldn't taste them, right? <laughs> Which yeah, is weird. I, try that. I can see in my mind that drawing from school where the front of your tongue is this and then the back is this and then the sides is this. This different mm. flavor. What else? What else can you think of? No, I mean, we haven't formally mentioned Agapito Flores did not invent the fluorescent lamp. Mm, yeah. As it turns out, and I saw that in my textbook. I don't know if you saw that in your textbook or if you remember. Like, I'm sure at least I read that in my... <laughs> am, I, am I hating too much? In my high school textbook. I remember it from elementary school as well. Okay, so it's not yeah. just me. Yeah. As it turns out, he built a fluorescent lamp and then he presented it to Manuel El Quezon. He could have just seen plans, I don't know, from his version of the internet. or Like he could have picked up plans from the library or something like that and mm -hmm. built it. But it doesn't mean that he invented it. And I think that's another case of us just not having access to information as easily mm, yeah. as we do now. Yeah, you can't just do a quick Google and be like, hey, who invented this? Yeah, which means fact-checking was a very difficult job back in the day. And I wonder if we actually did that for textbooks. And then the other thing was a Filipino invented the moon rover. And it turns out he did not invent the moon buggy. He just submitted a proposal to NASA, which, as it turns out, NASA did not 
accept them because as talented and as brilliant as that engineer might have been, the design that he submitted was actually too heavy for it to be practical. So NASA ended up settling for a more skeletal design considering that it was so expensive to launch things from the Earth and send them to the moon. Mm. And when I asked my husband about this, he's like, Triceratops is not a dinosaur. And I didn't come across that, and I don't know if you have. Again, can you say that? The Triceratops is not an actual dinosaur. Oh, apparently, there's a 2010 article that says Triceratops never actually existed, scientists say. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Also, just related to dinosaurs randomly, I was listening to a podcast, I think, and they were talking about dinosaurs, and they were saying how chickens are descended from dinosaurs. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. I'm curious to know, what did you learn about Marcos in school? Do you remember? Because it's such a contentious issue now. What do you remember about mm. what was taught to you in school? So what do I remember? Okay, so what I remember being taught in school is that he came into power. Mm -hmm. He stayed in power for 17 years, I think it is. And then... I think it was 27. Oh, 27, sorry. Is it? Anyway, let me do a very quick search for... 1965 to 1986. Oh, okay. Yeah, almost 20 years. Oh, no, 21 years. Apparently, I can't do maths. Oh, yeah, yeah, 21, 21. I remember being told that, yeah, he came into power. He stayed in power. He had Aquino exiled, pretty much. And then curfews, a lot of violence, protests, right? Mm -hmm. Reporters, journalists going missing. What else? I remember stories of the cultural center of the philippines is that what it's called yeah that being built i obviously remember as well like things about the bataan nuclear power plant because obviously that's relevant to my field (laughs) at the moment Mm -hmm. corruption yamashita's treasure remember no i mean i don't remember that was taught in school i remember it being I think that would have been a fun thing to remember yeah and then Aquino's assassination what else Imelda Marcos yeah things like that you learn and then Cory Aquino people power what else do I remember yeah and then the constitution being changed so that in the past you could do I think how many years was it four years in the past it was like four years and then you could be re-elected and it Mm -hmm. seems you were allowed to be elected numerous times the constitution changed so that the term was now six years but you couldn't be re-elected yeah yeah i think those are the highlights yeah (laughs) it's interesting that you mentioned yamashita's treasure because now that i've read into that more Mm. it's like yamashita's treasure was basically the excuse that the Marcuses used to explain their wealth. It's like, oh, they found some treasure Mm. left by the Japanese. I did not realize that that was a myth that was fabricated in order to avoid accountability for their wealth. Mm. I don't actually remember much of it except the billions in stolen wealth and yes, the snap elections, as you mentioned. Mm. It's just that I'm surprised that fake news was a thing even back then and i feel like us having lived in or having our home there when we talk about marcos from what i remember with discussions it's like when people were talking about 
people power revolution, it was mostly a Manila thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, but, you know, we didn't experience any of what Manilenios would say they experienced. And so it's more of, oh, I don't think that's true because that didn't happen to us. Mm. And so it can be risky when you look at it from that lens because it's like, oh, because you don't feel it's legitimate if not enough people believe that something really happened simply because they didn't experience it. It's like, so there's the potential for history to be changed. And I feel like they're already doing that with the textbooks. And I'm just trying to see what you remember because a lot of people say that based on their textbooks, Marcos is actually a good guy. So I'm just trying to see if we remember the same thing. I definitely know people, I can think of two in particular, who have said the words Marcos was good for the country left their mouth. Mm. (laughs) And a few of us were just sat there going, "Um, I think you're uh, ignoring (laughs) a lot of uh, facts there. But um, (laughs) yes, like you said, if you were in Manila, you felt a little like, removed from the situation Mm -hmm. and i think people will talk about oh there were curfews but then violence was very low things like that but Mm -hmm. yeah i think that maybe some people don't realize that their account of what happened could be true but then the account of someone else's experience can also be true so yes i could be in cebu and it was fairly peaceful and nothing really happened and that's Mm. true but then there were also all these people who say were in the city in manila and were having a really really horrible time and there was violence and all that stuff and people were disappearing and that's also very 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 much true and you realize just how different people's experiences during that time were and it's hard i guess You can't blame them, really, the people in Cebu, for instance, or on other islands, right? And in other cities and in other towns, because what do they read when they read the news when the press is controlled as well? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there's no other way for them to get their information, really, especially in a country like the Philippines, where it's like thousands of islands. Yeah, it's not (laughs) word can't just like easily get around, right? Mm-hmm. I think that what is sometimes shocking to me is how people now, today, can ignore such large pieces of information <laughs> about what happened then, where you're like, mm, this happened, <laughs> and there are accounts, there are videos, there are pictures, I don't know yeah. how, what is it that you're trying to defend? I don't understand. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are people so invested in clearing his name to that extent? Yeah, what is your experience? Because you obviously lived in Manila for a while. Well, quite a, how mm-hmm. many years in total did you live in Manila? Seven years? So I went away for college. Yeah, maybe about. Maybe about eight years. Eight years, yeah. Yeah, in terms of like Marcos, what is your experience of other people's views and feelings about that? Whether they're your peers or your professors or, you know, like a tita? Specifically for people who graduate from UP 
and specifically in law. I feel like some people are more biased towards Marcos because it's in the context of being a law student. Maybe people are more open-minded about debating those things. Mm. I know two people who say that they received that kind of education in UP where we were taught. And I think it's in the name of having a more balanced view of him. Mm. I feel like now that we're kind of experiencing the same thing with our government, with the drug war and everything, it's a lot harder to dismiss those atrocities. Even though there's a lot of... Is it more? Is it really history being rewritten or is it more of just glossing over what happened? I can't decide. Mm. I think it's more of just ignoring the inconvenient parts. I think that's part of it. What's most surprising to me is... When I travel and I see people who say, oh yeah, you know, I think Marcus is a good guy and I think it's unfair for them to say that because where were you? I mean, you're outside of the country living a better life. How can you say that? And mm. you see people who are openly into the president now. I don't actually know your views, Kirsty, because like I don't ask. And especially in Cebu, I feel like a lot of people are pro our mm. current president. I didn't vote for the current mm. president. I voted for someone else. <laughs> oh, I'm really sad. I thought who I voted for was the most qualified, in my opinion. Was this? I voted for Miriam. She died, <laughs> sadly. But don't you feel that she sold herself out by teaming up with Bong Bong? I didn't vote for him either. Okay. I voted for someone else. So yes, I mean, for me, I thought she was the most qualified to become president. I thought that she would be the person out of everyone on the list, out of the options, who would do things lawfully mm -hmm. and who had an expert understanding of the law, of the do's and don'ts, of the rights and wrongs, and would be able to enforce that as well, mm -hmm. and who could not be tricked and had the intelligence. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just all of that where it's like, you cannot doubt that she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And she's not scared to like call people out. Mm. I think her reasoning for choosing her running partner was that, do you, do you judge the son for the father's sins? Which is a fair question, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think the follow-up question then is, is the son benefiting? Benefiting? Why can't I say the <laughs> word? <laughs> yeah, is the son benefiting from the father's sins? I'm sure he is. It's not just about punishing the son for the father's sins, but it's more of they're cut from the same cloth. Mm. or the apple does not fall, fall far, far from, from the, the tree. tree yeah and he's lied about his education really i didn't know that oh if that didn't reach you let me look it up and so did the sister oh i didn't know that yeah i think this is one of those things where i'm constantly just why do people lie about such big things do you not think that people can just fact check you you know and I hope that this is something that people now realize and going forward, it's just not mm -hmm. something that people are going to do anymore. Because especially with the internet, hey, it's yeah. much easier to, to check up what you're saying. I have one pet peeve when it comes to the Philippines and politics and running in that. And I think 
this is one of the things that they, well, it's not even a pet peeve. It's more than a pet peeve because this is something that I think is so unbelievably unacceptable. And that mm -hmm. is that when all of these people are running for whatever positions they're running for, they have no manifesto. They have nothing that they're presenting to you as this is what I'm going to do when I become president. This is what I'm going to do when I become congressman or whatever. This is what I'm going to do mm -hmm. when I become mayor. There is no manifesto that they're presenting to you as a reason to vote for them. They're literally saying, this is what I'm going to do. Let me do this little dance for you on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't under like, what am I voting for? So I think that is my <laughs> rationale behind voting for someone like Miriam at that time for yeah. president. Because I'm like, yeah. well, I have an understanding of what your stance is. And that is abiding by the law. And that is something I can stand with. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I don't know what it is that they're trying to do once they get the position. I think that the current president, Duterte, had a very clear stance. You think that Duterte had a very clear stance? Yes. I think that was a... Which is drugs. Yes. I think that was clear. And I think that was effective as far as running. Because mm -hmm. everyone across the country is like, ah, oh, yeah, there are, there, there are druggies down the road. I've seen them on the side of the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's this like yes. little bit of crime here in this town. It's because they're on drugs. So yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like everyone Which has is so a genius. Little, everyone has a bit of an experience with it. So it's like, this is what I'm running on. This is like the platform I have. This mm -hmm. is my slogan. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense to be like, yeah, we're gonna get rid of this. It's so genius when you put it that way because it's something that's universally experienced by every Filipino. It's something that they can relate to in an instant. You just say the word drugs and everybody's like, oh, I get what you mean. Yeah. As compared to an economist who tries to say, oh, yeah, we got to improve the economy. And people are like, won't necessarily be able to understand. Yeah. When it comes to like economy, it's like everyone says we need to improve the economy, improve the economy, blah, blah, blah. But then like over the years, people are probably still like, well, do I have more money than I did two years ago? No. Or what I point? didn't feel. Yeah, I don't feel wealthier. <laughs> or when it's like, yeah, the companies are doing well, but the people who are laboring for those companies don't necessarily feel anything. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know if people just need better campaign managers. Do they need better programs in terms of their plan for running? Or is it just, I mean, not just because this is the most important thing, or do we need better people running? <laughs> better people running for sure. But Duterte actually tapped Cambridge Analytica for his campaign. Mm. And I'm wondering how big of a role did they play in the elections? Because, yeah, I mean, again, the way you placed it, you know, drugs, it's such a genius thing to latch onto. It turns out he actually did believe in, he actually believes in the drug war to mm. the point where you know so many so many senseless deaths that's mostly so many senseless deaths that's mostly people below the poverty line well that's another topic i guess another thing i was gonna say was that yes. there is no debate 
that goes on whenever there's an election. I honestly don't think it matters because, again, it's a cult of personality thing. I don't think content of the debate actually flies. I don't think it's actually absorbed by people. But don't you think that now, for example, our generation and the one below us will be more interested in that? Where I think that, in my experience at least, even on something like social media... I see mm-hmm. a lot more people that are engaged than ever. More young people that are more engaged than ever. I don't know. I think it's also the quality of engagement that counts, especially since fake news is so rampant. I think that's that's part of it. But I have questions about Philippine news in general where I'm just like, mm-hmm. what is this? Sometimes I read an article and I'm like, what is this writing? <laughs> Like, why Why is this an article? Why do people care? Or I read an article and I'm like, well, you didn't ask the most important question of this article. I don't know. Maybe I'll just stop there because I don't know if I want to say anything else. <laughs> well, you can, you can, it can be off the record. We've never talked about politics before, really. And this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Well, I don't know. Like, like I said, I did not vote for Duterte. Yeah. I was a fan of Miriam because she was very yeah. like lawful and I think I definitely am someone when I I think my general stance on things are very much well it's against the law it's against the law you know what I mean mm-hmm. I do believe that you should abide by the law all of these things so when to me it is unbelievable although it is believable because it happens and there's videos of it Uh when the president says like i'm gonna kill you (laughs) and it's like wait wait (laughs) like what how is this something that we just all accept as okay behavior from anyone Mm. yeah unpopular opinion you're gonna hate me okay i hate you (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that kind of aggressiveness a distinctly Bisaya thing? You know, the palaaway yeah. reputation, no Fs to give. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the reasons why he won. won. Is because Bisayas and Mindanao are just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, we need someone like us. Yeah. Kind of, oh, we need someone who's just like none of these people from Manila who's who only care about themselves. And I think that everyone sort of felt like, well, yeah, maybe he shouldn't be going around just like murdering people, but it works. He's doing something. I feel like a lot of those killings, Mm. didn't they happen mostly in Luzon? I'm not sure that... There's a lot in Cebu. Oh, I didn't... Yeah. Yeah. Back to Bongbong Marcos. Yeah. So he said he people are saying, oh, when he died, that's when corruption came back. But that's interesting. Um, for example, uh, his program on rural reform was actually watered down and did not actually amount to much in terms of helping the farmers. Mm. And to be confirmed, um, apparently his death was an assassination. It was an, ac- an accident. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, interesting. I'm going to have to footnote that again. 
Okay, yeah. How about you? Anything else on your list? Oh, actually, let me just say this because it's related to the Philippines. This is something that we were taught, but other people Mm -hmm. around the world were not taught in Mm -hmm. that the person who is most popular for being the first person to circumnavigate the globe is Ferdinand Magellan, right? So it was Magellan. But I constantly, whenever people say this, I always have to correct. That is not true. Magellan died in Cebu. (laughs) Oh. I'm like, no, that's not true. He's not the one. He died when he Lapu Lapu and his homies killed him. <laughs> I feel like that's Cebu's claim to fame. But it was his voyage, I guess. So the rest of his people returned back to Europe. And that's something we have to check. What do you mean? Now that you mentioned it, wasn't there a Cebuano who was actually the first to circumnavigate the globe? Because he worked in the galleys. But surely he would have had to be in Europe in the first place. Yeah, like he was picked up from Cebu and then he ended up there and then around. Oh, interesting because I I remember that. No, but surely it would have been a European because they would have come from Europe, come to Cebu and then back to Europe. So they're the first to circumnavigate. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, here. Enrique de Malacca. He was Magellan's slave. He acquired fame because of the notion that he was first to round the globe. One hypothesis is that he was Cebuano, so when the fleet reached Cebu, he, ahead of anyone on earth, became the first man to circumnavigate. Enrique of Malacca. Wait, let me let me look at this. Let me figure this out. Give me one sec. <laughs> Sorry. All right, okay, got it, got it. Okay, I see what, what, what you mean. But he's not from Cebu, though. Well, the belief was that he was originally from Cebu. Pigafetta said that he served as an interpreter particularly in Cebu that's why he was assumed to have hailed from Cebu he was captured in a slave raiding expedition sold to Magellan Hmm. yes so that was a question well now I read it as a question but I think I learned of it as fact where the first person to circumnavigate the globe was Cebuano but apparently Magellan describes him as a native of Malacca so Malaysian and then Pigafetta says he's from Sumatra, which is Indonesia. But it's a Filipino historian who says he's Cebuano. <laughs> In fairness, he's a well-respected historian. Um, In yeah, fairness well, to him. <laughs> I'm not saying but, that he's not, but I'm just saying that maybe there's a little bit of bias there. Which, again, I did mention that we are kind of biased to ourselves, yeah. which, of course, makes sense. Yeah, but, well, it says here that rationale behind saying that is because Enrique was capable mm-hmm. of conversing with Cebuanos. Mm-hmm. But then, when you listen to Cebuano, there's a lot of it that's very similar to the Malay language, right? Okay. So, maybe. Perhaps they were Aren't just we talking we all from the like same that. descendants? yeah. Like, sometimes, have you ever, like, listened to Malaysian or, like, Indonesian? Like, if you're watching a movie or a video or something, and there are some words that sound so similar. For me, more Indonesian. Mm. And it sounds so similar, right? Even, like, intonation and stuff. Like, bangon is Indonesian for wake up. Yes. Yes. So, I was just going to say that there is a misconception that Magellan was the first to circumnavigate the globe And that is not true. It was just his voyage that he put together, but he didn't complete himself. Mm -hmm. But yes, I guess there is a question there as to whether is it this Enrique 
started off in Asia. We can yes. agree. <laughs> in Asia, he was captured pretty much and taken away and became a slave mm -hmm. and returned to Asia with them. So I guess if his starting point was Asia, his return to Asia would have been him completing one circumnavigation yeah <laughs> around the globe yeah whereas magellan's peeps <laughs> mm -hmm. his people would have started off in europe and then came back so yes but i mean well, definitely magellan did not complete the circumnavigation i think we can all agree yes <laughs> there's another one which is related to america which is also about i guess discovering new places in that it is widely believed that Christopher Columbus was the one who discovered America in like 1490 something. Um, yeah. It's not. For one, when he got there, there were already people there. <laughs> yeah. So it's yes. like, what exactly did you say you did? But anyway, I double checked. So I did a quick search and the person, his name, who is the real discoverer is a Viking explorer called Leif Erikson, who sailed from Greenland to mm. the Americas. So what is now Newfoundland? That's how you say it, right? It's not Newfoundland. Yeah. It's Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually settle down there? I think so. Because they traveled from Greenland to what is now Canada. And that was in 1000 AC. So that's very, very, very early on. Much earlier than 1492. I actually didn't read much further than that, so I don't... What happened in between 1000 and 1492, that's uh, nearly 500 years difference so yes there's that which is quite interesting oh one more thing that i actually don't remember ever learning this but this was something that i was i came across the other day and i never really mm -hmm. thought about it but it was just about banana ketchup which is which is that it was invented by a filipino woman during the war because of a shortage of tomatoes and so she used bananas which was widely available in the philippines Mm -hmm. And then colored it red. Oh. So she's a Filipina food technologist, a chemist. But she was also like a war heroine, like a war hero, basically, because mm -hmm. she had also developed a bunch of other foods, like a drink out of soybeans that was quite nutritious or rice cookies, things like that, that she would smuggle into mm -hmm. Japanese run internment camps. To help save Filipinos. That's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know that, you know. Yeah, she invented the banana ketchup recipe. Someone then came along and mass produced it. The first mass production of the banana ketchup was by what is now called UFC, the Universal Food Corporation, which still is really popular now. Oh, she's the one who founded UFC? No, she, she didn't. But I think they took what she discovered yeah um as far as from what i've read there isn't anything to say that they stole anything there's nothing like that at all but basically she oh, had God. created this and then they yeah they put together a mass production of the banana ketchup which obviously a lot of different brands do banana ketchup as well so i didn't actually realize that banana ketchup was just banana ketchup i thought it was tomato ketchup with a little bit of banana flavoring in. Mm. 
I never really thought of it that way. But apparently it's literally made from mashed banana, sugar, spices, vinegar. And then yeah. it's just colored red. So it's like tomato. The thing about banana ketchup for me is when I try it, I don't actually taste bananas. Bananas, yeah. So one thing which... All, well, both of us experienced, a lot of us experienced, probably a lot of people listening have experienced, was remember 20 years ago now when it was going to be a new millennium and it was going to be year 2000 and there was oh, the Y2K, Y2K bug uh, that everyone was like, hey, the world is like gonna end. And it turned out to be nothing. Nothing. People were like, unplug all your computers and because there's going to be this virus and all of that stuff. And there was a little bit of worry and like slight panic about it. But yeah, so my question was going to be, do you remember that? Do you remember New Year's? I don't remember what happened during New Year's in particular, but I guess I met whatever I experienced with a shrub. Like, oh, nothing happened. And Remembering that now, it's like, ah, we were such innocent young children to be worrying about Y2K when we have so much bigger problems now. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Can it's you like imagine? you were worrying about New Year's. You were worrying about a clock going awry. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Like, ah, the innocence of youth. But isn't it weird now when you think about it for just, you know, talking about what we learned in school and elementary school in particular, where, Mm. for instance, now I think, you know, in the realm of science and physics in particular or material science and you when it comes to business and marketing and advertising and the digital world and even writing, right? Because you're you're Mm. such a good writer, that Thank when you. no you're welcome it's true <laughs> when you think about hey like my teachers when I was in elementary and you think hey actually now where we've kind of specialized right by choosing a particular course at university mm-hmm. and then work experience as well it's strange to think that we're probably more experts than our teachers were at that time we now know more than they did then Which makes sense, right? Because obviously, especially when it comes to like elementary level, the people who teach us learn, they may specialize in like particular subjects, but then it's Mm -hmm. like a little broader. So more breadth rather than depth, right? So they know a lot of stuff about different things, but maybe not as specialized in particular things, right? So it's more jack-of-all-trades kind of thing when it comes to Mm -hmm. elementary school. But then Mm -hmm. when you then go on to university, like we've gone on to university, we then specialize in certain subjects and just being like, hey, you, for instance, and like thinking you probably are a better writer right now than the person who taught you how to write. I'm not sure because I feel like in the first place, maybe they weren't writers. True. Yeah. And I certainly don't feel like that in college because when I took an English class, because as writers, I feel like I definitely cannot compare myself to them. Do you feel that way about your college teachers for physics? Okay. So university. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely a lot of stuff um, that... I'm sure they know more than me, 
for mm-hmm. sure, hundred percent. But I think there are certain things. For example, I think mostly when it comes to like my work experience, that you don't get taught at university. That you probably would only learn if you went and got a job in the industry that I know more about. I think that's perfectly fair to say that there is nothing that your teachers could have ever experienced without that direct industry experience that they could teach you. Yeah. Because their perspective is strictly academic. Mm. So that definitely makes sense. Like in my case, I actually think that I had the best grammar in elementary school and Mm. slowly. And I don't know if you feel the same way. Like I feel like... Man, I was really good in English when I was a kid, but now it's like I'm grasping for words. <laughs> I think we had really good grammar teacher as well in elementary school because I think yeah. since elementary, I don't ever, I mean, obviously, I will not say that at all. That Because I'm sure, like, if you're listening to this episode now, I'm sure I've made mistakes. But mm. I think that what I learned in elementary school in English and even math, in mathematics mm-hmm. have been top-notch foundation in that then when I went into high school and university I already knew like I already knew grammar like it, it wasn't a matter of learning grammar anymore like yeah. it was done you knew how to do it and then it's just a matter of I guess maybe you learn how to write better rather yeah. than like you learn how to use it better rather than actually learning the rules and it's the same, I think, with math, where we had such a ma- good maths teacher and like teacher Amor. Amor. <laughs> such a good maths teacher, because when I think back to elementary school, I never studied for maths. Like I would listen, obviously, like in the class itself, I would listen and I would mm-hmm. follow along and then do the homework, all of that stuff. But whenever we had tests, I never really studied for them. Because, <laughs> like, not math, oh. like math, not not for math, mathematics. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think it's because you can't really study for mathematics. You just have to like practice it, and so you just you do the exercises she tells you to do, and then it makes sense. Hmm. Well, I was a terrible math student, so mm. I'm sure our math teacher is a great teacher. Yeah. I just sucked at math. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just made sense. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Good for you. I think. <laughs> I think there were definitely some times when I checked out of the class. I think I couldn't follow. I'm trying to think what classes I would have been not following as much in elementary. I can't think. Mm. There were some lessons in like. Do you know what it is? Uh, actually, sorry, Hen. I'm just trying to think. Right. I just realized that, you know, like in elementary school, we had, I think what was really good was how all of our subjects were separated out. So we had like Filipino class, fine. We had math, mathematics, good. We had science lecture, which was in the class and we were doing lessons. But then we also had science lab as a separate subject, Uh which I thought was really good as well. And then we had history. Great. And then well then we had English class, but then we also had reading class. Oh. 
which you know i'm actually is really good <laughs> but i think that's standard because you remember sra like q had sra too no but reading class wasn't sra class wasn't it sra was sra but i feel like in ateneo i had the same i had the same structure it's like oh. one class one class is for literature and one class is for English. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's good. I like it. I but don't know. I'm sure think, yeah. I'm sure it's not like that anymore. Mm. But it was a good foundation anyway, right? Like Yeah, I thought it was a good foundation. So, do you have any more wrong lessons? Things that were taught to you wrong? <laughs> They're not really school related anymore. Okay, yeah, that's fine. They're always Michael more Jackson fun is... anyway. Yeah. yeah. Michael Jackson was evil. And when I was in high school, that's a cuento cochero. Michael Jackson's possessed by the devil. Oh my God. In high school, we had, we had a retreat in school. Technically, the Philippines isn't associated with any religion, right? And yeah. They, and you actually have the choice to not practice or to practice whichever religion you want but i don't know why in high school they force you to go to first friday mass etc etc and then we had that thing which was like i guess the equivalent of values formation where we had a retreat in the gym for like three days and then basically they tell you to have a come to jesus moment and then there they told us that bands like you two were antichrist <laughs> so funny considering that well we had a we had a teacher when we were in sixth grade who gave us a little speech about how harry potter was demonic harry potter in sixth grade i didn't encounter harry potter in sixth grade oh don't you remember this this is you'll know yes. who he is a male teacher I know. yeah he yes, said I know the teacher yeah he said the harry potter was um demonic so I did not actually encounter Harry Potter until I was in college. So wow. Yeah. So where have I been? When did Harry Potter come out? Let's see the book. Let me quick Google. So the book came out originally published in 1997. The first book. Hmm. So it was around. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, he was saying like it was demonic and stuff. Have you already read it by the time he said something about that? No, I read it in high school. In elementary school, I was very much in the Sweet Valley phase. <laughs> you know, my cousins weren't also were not allowed to read Harry Potter. Why? Because religion. But it has nothing to do with it. That's true. But now, <laughs> lately, we're not reading Harry Potter because the writer is transphobic. We basically cancelled Harry Potter. Well, I... That's another topic. Yeah, that's another topic. I, I don't think there's anything wrong enjoying a book, but also to be conscious, I guess, and to recognize that there are some things about it where it's like, this is weird. Like, this is something that I disagree with or something. Mm -hmm. Because there are lots of books that I read where I'm like oh I enjoyed that but this bit 
makes me really uncomfortable because I don't agree with it. Yes. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For a While. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.